what's this week's Delve in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, Parkin? Yeah, not bad, considering we came off the back of a bit of a stinging defeat last week. But overall, yeah, just been loving the weather. Beautiful yeah. today. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Can't get warm enough for me. Yeah, it's been okay, except, well, we had to take the dog to the vet today. He had a bit of a, I don't know what it was, some of his fur was missing for some reason. But, oh. no. I think he's been at a bite off of some kind of insect or something. So uh, he's actually got a Salford T-shirt on at the moment. He's, uh, he looks the part, um, God bless him, but I think he's a bit warm in it. But other than that, yeah, no complaints. Just flicking into holiday mode and ready for me a week away. So, uh, yeah, happy days. Yeah. Paul Whiteside is on his holidays uh, with, with his family, enjoying the sun. So you'll be away next week. He'll be back. Uh, and obviously, I'll be I'll be keeping the boat afloat here in sunny Britain. Yeah, I'll be doing a bit of scouting while I'm out there, see what I can <laughs> find. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's strange how it's worked out week after week. Mm. Paul's off and then I'm off. But uh, I must admit, when he was saying it last week, <laughs> before we carry on, I didn't realise he wasn't here until he'd gone and I saw it on, on social media. Yeah. Uh, he never mentioned that. <laughs> I remember you talking about it. Now it's like, Ah, that's what they meant. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's had a loss this week. But, uh, yeah, like you say, he'll have, him up, have him back again next week. There was talk of him doing it on the, the hotel Wi-Fi. But I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're to, to nick a, a Chris Bates uh, quote, we're all volunteers, Paul. Go and enjoy your holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine his wife would have been too chuffed even. Yeah. Today. I'll leave yeah. you with the kids. I'm going off to do a podcast <laughs> for, for three hours. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a good, I had a good weekend, uh, Parky. I went to a we call it Mix Podcast Club, which is basically a group of, of podcasters that all get together and uh, exchange ideas and information stuff like that in town. Uh, went to a, a bar called I think it was Fifty Eight Three. You ever been to a bar called Fifty Eight Three? Back at Dean's Gate. No, he's probably changed its name. It probably was something else that had been in God knows how many times. And let's be honest, Rob, for many years, I wouldn't have known which bar I was in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I, 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 you said you were going. It sounded it sounded quite good. It sounded quite interesting. It was. It was, Parky. It was very interesting. Obviously, meeting up with all these podcasts, not just rugby podcasters, podcasters from all different genres, real-life crime ones, scenario, sort of story ones. Really, really good. I met a guy that does a sort of real life crime, and he's basically talking to a, a mafia boss son. Basically, mafia boss has passed away, and he was sort of giving him the idea of what his dad got up to, and, and how the police and him kind of big game of cat and mouse, really. So he told us all about his podcast and what he does, and it was very interesting actually. And I suppose he's, he's, I went for, to get a drink, came back, and he was he came back to me and said, "So, what's a crime like in Salford?" I was like. <laughs> Yeah. 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 No. Uh, well, I'll be able to do some research for him over in yeah. Sydney, the home of the mafia next week. So uh, yeah, get his number. I'll give him. A, I'll give him a call. Yeah. So that was good. And then I also met another guy that does uh, coal breakers, like in the World War Two. What he does for episodes lasts for eight minutes. What he does, he just sort of numbers the alphabet from sort of A to Z, and then he calls out the number. So it'll be like you'd go three, seven, nine. 11 space for eight minutes and then obviously the podcast ends and then you've got to tally the number with a letter and it ends up being a story wow i know i know wow yes 
that so, takes some thinking. Mm, so all different, all different kinds of uh, of genres. Really exciting. Didn't really turn into like a willy waving competition about people's you know stats and followers because there's these like the crime ones and all there kind of ma- like nearly mainstream. What what I learned was ten thousand downloads a month is mainstream. We're on about half of that, no, which is pretty no. impressive because we're quite niche. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, yeah, in, in many ways, we're quite a, a, a small fish in a small pond mm. because we're not a big rugby league club either. So no. it's, the follow the following sort of uh, numbers wouldn't you wouldn't expect to be that. Oh, that's really good. That's mm. quite impressive. Somebody asked me last week how many people you know deal the, the listen, and I said you'd be probably you'd be quite surprised. It's mm. it's, it's quite encouraging. So uh, things like you going going to this, this meeting and, and picking up ideas you don't know, we can bring them forward and hopefully entice more people in. Yeah. It's, it was amazing. Obviously, talked about we had a big thing about the coffee. We've got our coffee going. Big thanks to everyone who's, who's donated the the coffee so far for me, Paul and Parky. Obviously, every donation goes on even equipment or programs and, and things like that to keep it going. So that's an important thing. Obviously, doing this podcast for kind of seven years now, and it's you know it's a lot of it's a lot of money really plus the laptops plus microphones, and it all comes out of our pocket. So if you if you can donate a coffee for me, Paul and Parker, and help us to continue to create the great content that you enjoy, then follow the link on the Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, give us a lift, Parker. Yeah, much appreciated it is. I mean, we, we do it anyway, but, you know, for, for the love of it, but it's always nice. I mean, it, more so, I think, that, that, that people do listen. It's, it's a way of feedback that you can't always get. You know, mm. you know people are there listening and, and appreciate what you, know, what, what you guys have been doing for so long. So that's that bit out of the way. Uh, and now we'll look back at the defeat against Leeds on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, so Red Devils travelled to Leeds and lost 34 points to 14, Parker. Obviously, the playoff dream is still alive, but defeat against Leeds did dent that. Yeah, it did. It wasn't great. And I think we all went there with high levels of optimism. I think it was one of the very few times we've ever been to Headingley thinking we, we can get something here. The way we're playing at the moment, Leeds are, are up and down a little bit. But it didn't transpire that way. I think, I don't know, I, the, the guys just didn't seem to get out of the blocks quick enough on, on Sunday. I don't know what it was, what the problem was. But once we got into the swing of things, we, we looked the most threatening. I, I'd say we probably looked the better team for much of the game in that case. And it's strange when you look at a result like that and you think, how can you say that you were the better team? You clearly got well beaten, but it, it, it didn't work out like that. The game didn't flow like that. But you give a team an 18-point start in any game. We've done it a few times this year. I can think of the OKR games and, and things like that. It's so difficult at this level. Yeah, it can be done. Leeds proved it the other week against Catalan. But it is difficult. You need everything to go your way. And I'd, I'd say we certainly weren't helped on Sunday in any way. We didn't get any encouragement from, you know, from the, the rub of the green, let's say. So it was it, it was a tough a tough day for us. Tough day in, in hot conditions. But I came away from the game and people were a bit... And I said it on the coach on the way home. I wasn't disappointed. I thought, yeah, obviously we don't want to lose. I never want to lose. But I thought overall, I thought we played that well that that would win. Probably eight out of ten games, that mm-hmm. performance. When 
we, we've said it week in, week out, that the way we play now under Paul Roller, if it sticks, we'll destroy teams and we'll, we'll do really well. Sometimes it's not going to stick. It's not going to be your day. And Sunday was one of them where the ball went to ground a lot, you know, on, on first and second tackles when we had pressure on them. The odd refereeing decision. It was just one of them days where it wasn't going to go our way. And I came away from the game and I just said, that's gone now. That game's gone. We're still in the running. A couple of decent results. We can finish it as high as, you know, fifth, even fourth is still there. So we, it was going to be a tough place to go. So for me, we haven't lost anything. Mm. And it's about getting back on it this week. But just I was just encouraged to see the effort from the lads going 18 down and really putting leads under the pump. And... I think if one of them tries goes in that we had disallowed or where we dropped the ball, just from one of them attacks goes the other way, I think we win that game. Yeah, I think it's minerals test. And to go 18-0 down, like you said, to come back shows that we have fight and we've got, we want to sort of get into a playoff spot and we'll fight every inch of the way to get there. Mm-hmm. I think the, the problem was, like you said, a few, the first try there was a foul pass in it, yeah. which wasn't given. But you get them. Some sometimes they're seen, sometimes they're not. The Dion Cross trip was I can't understand how he's how he's only got is it one game or something like that. So it's a bit when you put in little bits like you think to yourself, well, it could have been different. And and obviously the the Ryan Briley interception for is it Hanley to go eight for for ninety meters. If that lands in in a Salford hand, Salford go over and it changes the game. So it is swings and roundabouts. There is moments, but like you said, Parkett, I'm not that disappointed we don't go to Leeds and win very often anyway so really it's a ch- it's a chuck away result if we get something that's that's a bonus but the boys tried hard the, you know the, mm. the effort was there and as fans that's all we can ask for without a doubt I think uh, Aidan Caesar it was who, who was tripped uh, across here and I think that decision alone kind of highlighted the, the problems we were going to face I said at the time said the referee could have missed it I mean when you watch it back he couldn't have missed it but at the time, he could have missed it, but there's no way the other two officials on the touchline missed it. Mm. Somebody saw that happen and didn't give it, and that's that's criminal, really. You know that affects us. From that, a knock-on was given mm. when really it's a penalty, and their man at least getting ten in the bin. And then the, the biggest kick in the teeth is he gets a two-match ban and has one match taken back, and he's only banned for one match. It does us no favours. Nope. No benefit to us now. It's benefits all KR this week. One of our rivals for the top six, by the way, but. It is what it is, but there were there were plenty of decisions like that throughout the game. The the Cetera uh, Koala Simbinin is uh, another one, a bit like Elijah Taylor the other week. It, it just seems that the referee wanted to do something. I don't I don't know. He had to be centre stage, uh, and I've I've always backed Ben Thaler. I've always said he was probably one of our best referees. But the last couple of times we've had him, he's been less than than good. Let's say that. And there was a few in in the game and. You know, you're not telling me that Leeds weren't offside as much as we were. They weren't holding down as much as we were. They weren't forward passes like we were getting. It seems like sometimes the referee obviously is swayed by by a crowd. And you could see every time Leeds fans scream for something, a tackle or two later, there would be a penalty or a restart or something from it, whether it was one or not. I'm not blaming the referee solely for that because he didn't let in three tries in seven or eight minutes or whatever it was at the start of the game. That wasn't... One of them was a forward pass. I think there was two forward passes in the move. But it, it is what it is. You've got to play around that. And if if we could have gone in our time, even one try closer, I think we'd have gone on and won that game as well. But, yeah, 
just just things like that. When things go against you, they do go against you, and that's it. And you just got to put that that game to bed and and look forward now. And hopefully, we'll identify the lads' confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they, like I said before, if they play like that, they'll win a lot more games than they'll lose. Yeah. And I think the Akawala one, our heads had gone then. So yeah. that five-minute period, we were being penalised a lot. So for me, the referee was quite lenient until he got to that point where he said, well, listen, lads, it's it's too much. And that's where he got put in a bin. I don't think it was particularly him. Mm. The, it was the persistent fouler. But, you know, he, 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 by the look of his, he was like surprised. Uh, Andy Akers was, was surprised as well. They both looked at each other going, what, what was that for? But it is the way it is. I suppose you've got to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Leads are in in a you know a playoff spot, and that's playoff football. You've got you've got to make sure that you're at it all the time. And and, and if you are in the mix, uh, and the luck goes your way, then you know who knows how far you can get in you know in, in a playoff situation. But yeah, it wasn't. It was a bit disappointing that we couldn't keep our run going. But I, I, the way Paul Rowley sets his team out and the way the the players play, Paul, I, I don't see any hangover coming up this week no and I agree with it the whole if you are persistently you know giving away these penalties or what are these restarts my, my only trouble with it is that I didn't see him give sort of a team warning of any sort mm. before that and and also it has to go both ways yeah now I didn't see every hand in I didn't see the us holding them down as much as it seemed to be he was picking on us a little bit and I don't mean that in a school yard bully way mm. but it seemed that he was being a little bit harsher with us than, than perhaps them. And that's that's fine. That's gone. I mean, one of the big things for me was when Leeds had a chance, every time they got to our line and got a penalty, they took two. Mm. They didn't fancy taking us on. And I think after, I would say, 30 minutes, 35 minutes of that game, they looked gone. They actually looked tired in the first half. Never mind the second half. We'd run them ragged and we just couldn't get over. Decisions went against us. We dropped the ball too many times. That's simple. You can't do that. And it was just one of them days at the office that, you know, put behind us. My, my only other thing was that you go to Heading, it's got such a wide pitch, so big. I thought it would have suited our players down to the ground, the space it would have allowed us. And at times, we, when we were on their line, we clammed up a little bit or took the wrong option. But overall, again, I'm not criticising. It's just what happens from, from one game to the next. Mm. I'm obviously looking at the Salford tries, but Joe Burgess try, great hands by Tim Laffey. Elijah Taylor's, you know, what what a pass that was. You know, he gets gets bopped at the same time, but you know, Joe Burgess there to get over the line, and then Ken Seal. What a what a team effort that was. Laffey, Chris Atkin, I think who else? Alex Gerrard, I think he offloads it as well in the process. So, you know, we've got a we've got a team that will chance its arm, but won't be reckless in it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we we terrorise teams when we play like that. We mm. really do. You could see that Leeds didn't know where to be. I mean, when Tim Lafayette, for, for the one for Kenny Seo, when he starts running across the pitch, you can see none of them wanted to try and make a challenge on him because they knew at any point he could have a knock him over or he could go through a different gap. They didn't know where to be, and then obviously he gets that chance to get the ball out, and then we, we've outnumbered him. Some fantastic rugby, and that's, that, that's the massive encouraging thing for us, that we are playing that, that rugby and my brother kept saying to me I'd rather be us than them even at the end of the game mm. and I know what he said obviously you'd rather have the two points in your bag and have played rubbish let's be honest but their their tactics were they were dull they were dull it was five drives and a kick five drives and a kick you know that which is Sean McRae teams and yet you watch the Salford team and if you're a neutral 
And even Leeds fans at the end of the game, some of them were saying we, we're a real threat constantly. We don't we don't give you a chance to breathe. Mm. And as I said a few weeks ago about us running out of players, it looks at the moment, touch whatever they said, that we've reversed that and we are getting players back. Because it's going to take up a lot of energy, and especially in this kind of heat, playing the way we do. Mm. But boy, is it magic to watch. Yeah. And I would I would watch that every week. And if you, you end up losing, you end up losing, but you've been entertained for your money. Because that's what it is. It's, it's about winning. But also, like you said, it's about playing good rugby. And mm. I don't remember a, a Salford team with this much attacking flair. You don't be able to move a ball and not sort of panic and just be able to make the right decision under pressure. And, and that's the likes of Brodie Croft, Mark mm. Sneed, Ryan Briley, Chris Atkin. You know, players around the rook in that spine area have the brains to get a spotter pass. Yeah, you've got you have your runners around you, and that's important. That's equally important as well because you could have brains, but you don't have any legs. But, you know, this team, Paul Rowley came in late. He had ideas of some players that he got, but with a whole off-season, mm-hmm. you know, next season, we'll have a, a view of a real Paul Rowley team. Without a doubt, and I think if we hadn't been so unlucky at times this year with, with injuries, I think a playoff place would have been probably confirmed by now. I think we are, are that good on our day, and we have just struggled at times getting players on the park. I mean, I know the other week when we had 16 players training, was it, and things like that. That's that's no way to run a team. You can't run the patterns. You can't go through all your moves and maybe your defensive structures when half your players that you want to be playing out there. And your stronger players, and I'm not taking anything away from any of the squad, but you do have a, a stronger line. You, we could all pick virtually the same 13 that you'd want to start in a game. Mm-hmm. How many times this year have any of us looked at that team and gone, that looks like it? Because it's very, very rare. But some really encouraging performances. Good to see a few players back. And overall, I think, like you say, about that, that style of play and, and the control, there is experience in there. Mm-hmm. Like you say with Mark Sneed, Elijah Taylor, Andy Akers, who I think is, is just getting better by, by the week. And then... You've got those little flair players out wide. I mean, and, and Dion Cross coming into the team this year fits straight into this. This is his rugby. This is what he's made to play. And Kenny Seo on the wing and, and Budgie's in his prime right now. Tim Lafay's brought experience from the NRL and a completely different style to what we used to. Ryan Brealy at the back, again, another calm sort of character. And it's just helped us to, to, to be able to play this way. The forwards don't have to, as much as we said earlier in the year, lay that platform as much because we can attack from our half. Mm. You know, that's changed quite a bit now. I mean, obviously, we do want our forwards to set a platform, but it's not as imperative that they work that much. They can actually get on the end of things, like we've seen with uh, uh, Jack Ormeroy scoring a couple of tries recently. He's actually got the energy to, to carry on running. He's not, not dead on his feet because the work's been shared about. So whatever Paul's doing and, and Kurt and, and Danny or please just keep doing it because it's, it's great to watch, isn't it? If we miss out on the playoffs, and I think we'll all agree that, I, I hope we don't, but we've lost nothing this year. Absolutely nothing. From nowhere, we've, we've really shocked a few people. We've entertained and people at the moment are talking about us and, and in the right way. And that's, we, we can't ask for more than that. Not, not, on, the, not on the budget that we've got. That's, mm. that's unbelievable. We've, we've really upset teams this year. I'm going to caveat that by saying if we want to make we a playoff team, you need to start getting the playoffs. So is it, we we have in we've had injuries we've had suspensions a lot of other teams are having that I think obviously we're kind of used to this ecosystem that we're in so mm. 
the players they know the responsibilities they know they've got what they've got to do in a in a, a squad that's, that's that's thin so yeah that destiny is still in our own hands we, we've got to keep winning games and it's a bit that's a big test the other the other field game obviously first defeat in a while against Leeds but playoffs you know, you've got to keep winning. That's how you get in the playoffs. So we'll have to wait and see sort of what happens there. I spoke to Paul Rowley after the game and this we had to say. Coach's corner. Coming back from 18 points down to 18, 14 shows your team's got heart, haven't it? Yeah, we never doubt that. Uh, we spoke at half-time and never doubted the effort, never and the heart and, and character, but... Uh, you know, sometimes you just don't get it right and in in attack and in defence and, and that was the story for us today. So um and leads weren't um poor enough that we could nick it. So uh, that you know they they were good enough to, to you know and Reese Martin in particular slotting over the goals doesn't help us it every four became six. Uh and I thought he was pretty good out there for Leeds as well. So um yeah, two teams who probably weren't at the best but uh Leeds uh, their own following and they, they got through at the end so and hats off to them we've got no no dramas in that respect yeah two uh, Chris Hackett disallowed tries they go over it's all, all different isn't it yeah um, and they disallowed I think for knock-ons which if he's knocked on he's knocked on so that's, that's what it is so we're not we're not uh, we've got no dramas there either that's it's our job to ground the ball so um, that and you know you could say it's good last ditch defending or unfortunate for us but ifs and maybes you know it's not going to get us the two points so we'd rather control our own destiny by what we do uh, through our defence and and with the detail in our attack as I spoke about so that's the area we'll focus on. Yeah, what does it feel next week? Another massive game in our chase for the playoffs. Every game's massive, and uh, obviously we're playing a Uddersfield third, so uh, the the big spenders, if you like. So we've got a tough challenge, but we'll look forward to it. Thank you. So that's Paul Rowley talking to me after the game, Paul, and obviously you know disappointing with with defeat, but he was looking forward to to this weekend and getting it right. Yeah, once again with Paul, he, we know what we get every week when we talk to him. He's He's calm. He's not going to throw his toys out of the pram. He knew there was decisions in that game that were upsetting and, mm. and not helpful to us. But he said, you know, whether he's being over generous or whatever, he said that he, he didn't think we deserved to win. He didn't think we were the better team. So mm. I disagree. But that's he's, he's head coach. Whether he's being diplomatic there, I don't know. But he's very honest. And like you say, he do, we've said it before, he doesn't get carried away when we win. He won't get carried away when we lose. He'll have seen things in that game and he'll he'll know how good we could have been. We could have come away with a twenty point win the other day. We didn't. But he knows that and he's seen he's seen what his team can do. And he'll just be telling them, just do the same again. And whatever he's built up in the in the team and in the squad, this mentality of we just keep going. No matter what, just keep going and it'll happen for us. And I can't, you know, I can't follow him. And everything he says, he's 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 spot on and he doesn't, he's not controversial. He's not coming out with stupid statements about things or anything like that. He just tells it as it is and lets his team, let him and his team do what they do behind the scenes mm. and, and just don't get flustered by it all. I think he likes to, he let his system over individual and I think he doesn't, he doesn't like sort of uh, excitement to, to sort of cloud players and mm. judgment and ability to play. I think he, the, the name of the game is let's, play it down so then 
when a decision has to be made about in a certain game, we're not hyped up about us being in a playoff and having a three-game unbeaten run and we're going to go and win the league. Everyone's quite relaxed and chilled and, and making the right decision under pressure, which is, which is what it's all about. If you want to make playoffs and you want to get grand finals and getting finals, it's about making that big decision the right decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that that, that Rolls has got in his favour in many ways with us is when you look at the teams going for the top six at the start of the season, you just said these are the teams that will be going for the top six. Hmm. The pressure isn't on us. No, it is in many ways and behind the scenes. Paul Rowley will be telling them lads, you're good enough to be in the top six. You've done enough to be in the top six. Go and get it. Hmm. But he's got no. There is no clamber for us to be definitely a top six side. We can build that, and over the next two or three years, possibly we can build to be that. You know, we've been there in, in recent years. We've had some great success, but I think without that added pressure of from the top down, we haven't got Paul King banging on his door saying, "If we don't make top six, you're out the door. It's a failure." That's not going to happen, and and all the players will know that. And they'll be relaxed behind the scenes, but they'll know they've got a job to do. And I think Paul Rowley is, as much as he seems a nice character when you talk to him, I'm sure if he had to, he could give you a bit of a. Oh, yeah. Bit of a tongue lashing, and, and I don't think any of the players really want that, so they would just try and stay on side with him. But yeah, whatever he's doing, he's doing a fantastic job. And I just, I hope for him because he's, you know, he was a lot, he's a reluctant coach. I don't think he wanted the job, did he, really? But what he's doing is, is, is magic stuff. Yeah. Looking at the stats, uh, top tacklers Callum Watkins with 27, Andy Ackers with 39, Elijah Taylor with 40, Chris Atkin with 32, and Alex Gerrard with 39, Parker. Wow. I mean, that's uh, Chris Atkin there doing that many tackles. He does tackle his weight. He really does. He's he, he's all over the place. And, and with balling and again the other day, he looked really good. I'm glad for, for Chris. I want to see him get more game time. He's been he's been really good for us in his time with us. I remember, you know, every time Kev Brown got injured, he was brought back in. And it seemed to me that Brown got back in anyway, no matter what, no matter how good he played. And now it seems that I think Paul Rowley sees what he can offer the team as a as a utility as well. But mm. he, he's got a lot of skill, a lot of good brains. And that, that's a lot of tackles because he's not a big man. And to, to keep going. Um, and there's a couple more there, nearly 40. One was it Gerard and, and uh, Elijah Taylor, Taylor the Akers. Mm. That's a lot of work in that heat. It was boiling hot and that's pretty impressive, really. Yeah. Top meter makers, Ken Seer, 154, Callum Watkins, 88, Brody Croft, 114, Andy Ackers, 87, Shane Wright, 93, Chris Atkin, 102, Dan Sargent, 88, and Alex Gerrard, 101. Look, looking at that list there, Shane Wright coming back from injury, 93, that's an effort. That's a fantastic effort. I thought I thought it might have been blowing a little bit and he, he, he was he looked... He looks the part. He looks so solid. He looks like one of them players that you can just rely on. Just so mm. dependable. Um, he was in everything. He was getting stuck in. Uh, he, he really good. And you mentioned Chris Atkin again there, didn't you? Yep. In meters. I mean, what a game he must have had that lad. All oh, right. How many meters did he make there? That was hundred and one. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's fantastic. Great effort from him. Um, and, and showing his worth. And again, Gerard was in there. I thought he was really good again, Alex Gerard. I think he's been good since he's, he's joined us, but he's getting better. And that's a lot of meters for it for for a big guy to get through. But uh, but yeah, good good match. I mean, Shane Wright, like you say, he just looks good. He looks like the kind of player we've probably missed just to plug holes, do them things that people don't always see the nasty stuff. Um, and with him and someone like Elijah Taylor in your pack, 
you're not going to be out, outworked because them two look like they're just going to drain themselves every week. So yeah. great to have him back. I hope he's not suffering any ill effects and he's back, you know, he's fit for this week. Yeah. Big thanks for your three-word match reports of the man, man of the matches. Chris and Janet Shenton, not our day. Tim Lafayette, you said harshly dealt with. Ackers, John Warwick, not happy with Tim, uh, Ben Thaler. Uh, Rich Taylor, Ben Thaler, RFL Burgess, Mike Singleton, a cheating ref fault. Not really going to walk down that road. Jamie Wilkinson, we were robbed. Richard Martin, lacked patience and composure. Andy, Chris Atkin. Do you think we like to pinpose your packer? I think you could say that at times because we did. How many times did we drop the ball on the first or second tackle near their line? That that kind of that kind of it gives gives Leeds a bit of credit for the defence as well. You know they're they're obviously coming rushing out at you. They don't you know they want to close us down because they don't want to give us space because if you do that we will kill you. There might have been a bit of that, especially when we got a repeat set or a penalty near their line, and it mm. seemed. We rushed our work. There was one where uh, Jack Orman and I dropped the ball on the first tackle. Mm. And if he holds it, I think he might have gone gone through. You know, it's just little things like that. I don't know if it's, it's composure. He, there is a bit of that, I suppose. But, yeah, it's one. you could say it that way. You could just say it's just unlucky. But, yeah, I get, I get what he's saying. I, I, I wouldn't totally disagree. Colin Wilson, costly, missed chances, Ackers. Andy Smith didn't come off, Lafayette. Steve Bennett, too many errors, Lafayette. Clark for interception cost us. I said that. Croft. John Waite passes in stick. Atkin. Colin Reynolds. Bias. Ben Thaler. And the final one, Mark. Very small margins. Akers. It is right. Player football is all about small That's margins. And unfortunately, as Leeds, we were just out. That's it. And it, it, some days it'll go your way. Some days it won't. I, I, I've seen poor refereeing decisions given all season. Uh, some don't affect you that badly, some do. The, the ones on Sunday, the, the trip would have made a difference, but would it make a difference to the total outcome of the game? I don't know. The, the sim binning, no, it was already a bit late by then. As much as we, we blame the ref, we went 18-0 down. That's kind of unforgivable in that way. Um, but we did fight back, and we've all seen you know encouraging signs. And um, Yeah, just going off the, the matches as well there. I mean, Atkin, Ackers... You know, Lafayette, even Brody Croft again. It was hard to choose because all of them played well, but there'll be players in there that you probably won't have noticed, like a Shane Wright or maybe a Jack Ormerod or somebody like that who's come on and done tons of work and just not getting that, that credit. There's kept us in, in that game for large parts. But so it was just one of them days at the office, I think. And one, one thing I will say was I was encouraged by, by the fans that travelled as well, I thought. But there's good numbers there. You know, it's difficult to make, make noise there at Heading with a no roof and that kind of thing. But um, we got right behind the boys when they could. They give us nothing to start with, and that was a problem. But when we were back in it, you could feel the buzz around the terrace, and it seemed like we, we thought we could do it. Which, it, like I say, going to Heading is very, very rare, we think that. But uh, no, we, we move on now. That's, that's, that's done. You know, we've beaten twice this year. We can't, we can't rub the noses in it, can mm-hmm. we? Just, just a great effort from the lads, really. Just... We haven't started so poorly. Who knows? Yeah. Talking about buzz on the terrace, let's talk about the ladies, Parker. They were in action yesterday. They played Warrington Lunas and won 28 points to 14, played at the AJ Bell Community Field. Good turnout, good crowd. And obviously the ladies, good win too. Yeah, it looked really good. Seen a little bit, a few clips and that of the of the game. It did look really good. It was a lovely night for it, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, was, I was just... It's a bit gutted. I, I get there as such public transport being what it is, and 
it's not brilliant, but yeah, another fantastic win. Again, backing up from the where they've been over the last few weeks, them highs, you know, it's hard to keep going like that in a very, very tough competitive game by the looks of it. A bit brutal as well. Some sort of big hits went in. It was uh, a big, big contact game. But they're the games you've got to get through. And, you know, next year, hopefully in, in Super League, that's every week, you know. So it's, it's a great, great sort of uh, learning curve for us again. But another amazing performance from the girls. They, you know, I know they were behind and they were in front and then it's, you know, tossed and turned a bit, but it's another fantastic win for them. Yeah, the Lunars and the Warrington Wolves kind of have a link up where they could share players, Super League players. I think it's six players, I think, every week if, if the Super League team aren't playing. So technically it was a, a kind of a Super League, half a Super League side, really, which is great for our for our ladies because obviously you're mixing it against Super League players, aren't you? And it shows how far they've come. Warrington opened the scoring, uh, went over in the corner, got our numbers wrong and they went over. But then we hit back, try from Sadie Rihari, good work from Lucy McKeown, sends the centre over in the corner and uh, Sofa in front, 6-4. Yeah, some good movement, good good ball movement, and and I think I think the thing is, I think people know about certain players now, and they'll all know about about Lucy. And I think if you're sort of one on one with her, or even two on one, you're thinking, is she going to go herself in, or is she going to put the right option? Brilliant, great finish, and back in the game. But that's it, it's that speed of, of thought and speed of movement that, that she brings into into that back line when she chimes in. And uh, but yeah, good movement out wide, a good try. Yeah, Warrington did hit back. Uh, they went over in the other corner, and then from kickoff, Salford's good, big kick in the air, funny bounce. All Warrington players looking at it, not going for it. Lucy McKeown scoots in ball between them, kicks a the ball on, and dies over and scores. What do we always say, Parker? Never let a rugby ball bounce, and that was Warrington's problem on the McKeown try. Yeah, it was bizarre, really, because it looks like, when you watch it, it looks like it was hanging in the wind or something like that, but it was a beautiful evening. I don't remember there being much of a breeze anyway, and it seemed, but it seems to sort of swirl back. And the, the Warrington girls didn't know where the ball was going the next minute. just bounced perfectly, and, and, and through you go. But you've got to chase it. That's the other thing. It was how keen she was to get up there. If you watch it, the actual sprint she puts on to, to put that pressure on, and we saw it a few weeks ago from the kickoff where... We put pressure on, they've knocked on straight away. It's, it's not letting the, the opposition think, and it's uh, obviously comes from coaching and, and being told what to do, but having that desire to go after that ball, go and chase it down and cause problems. Because once once they've caught sight of her in the, you know, in, in the in peripheral vision, mm. she's running out there sort of thinking, what, what's going on? If I get this ball, am I going to get hit? What's, you know, it puts things down in your mind. And then she goes through with a ball. Brilliant. Mm. Hunger. Hunger okay. and desire. Yeah. To, to get the ball. And I think that's the difference because obviously Warrington players were all stood there, not sure. And you, and you see that with kickoff sometimes when the receiver isn't in the position to catch the ball. Everyone's looking at each other, aren't they? And obviously Lucy McKeown just realised what was going on, scoot the ball up, try time for Salford. Next Salford try was for Lauren Ellison. Lovely work by Taz from the from Dummy Half. Attacks a line, pings it wide and Ellison does the rest. Yeah, this, is a, this was a fantastic try, this. She, she has been really, really well, taking the ball along the on the line, running out wide. And it, again, the, the the opposition don't know what she's going to do. She's going to stick a twist with that ball. And she's took people out. She's gone across the line. And, and again, and just another perfect ball. I mean, Lauren couldn't, I don't think she could have failed really to, to go over at that point. But it's, it, it just shows, when you watch it, it it's kind of mind-blowing how organised it all is. And when you can watch it like that, it's, 
I find it, it's something I don't see a lot when I watch the first team. Maybe it's everything else going on around and, you know, the crowd and everything else. Sometimes it can be distracting. You don't always notice these little fine things. Watching that, you, you focus purely on, on the play mm. and the work that goes in off the ball as well. The dummy runners that you see, you know, it, it, it's fantastic movement. And as a defender, you, you've got to make, you know, split-second decisions. And, we, you know, we were just bamboozling them. Mm. And it's, yeah, another fantastic try. Yeah, reminding me of the try that Steph Gray scored in the semi-final where Taz attacked the line, but it wasn't a Hollywood ball this time. It was just a yeah. simple pass. But similar, she has the ability just to, to glide and, mm. and sort of eat up the metres and defence not not wanting to come and attack because, like yeah. you said, they don't know what she's going to do. So it's a, it's a gift that. I think not yeah. many players have that ability to, to be able to make a defence freeze. That's, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. It was it, the, the confusion she's caused just by running across the line like that. You know, but you've got to have movement as well. You've got to have people moving around you. Yeah. If you're doing that on your own, and the opposition would go, well, you're keeping all that ball. You're just going to give it them because that's all you've got left. Mm. Uh, the movement off the ball was, was fantastic as well. And it, it, it just, just puts that doubt in the opposition's mind. And yeah, and that's, you know, that's why it's successful. Yeah. And the next Salford try, uh, Lauren Ellison's second try. Lovely uh, link up between Louise Fellingham and Lucy McKeown. Uh, they found Ellison and, and she went over in the corner. Great try. I think, obviously, <laughs> Salford have a lot of strike. Don't we? we talk about strike every week, don't we? But Lauren Ellison, you know, consistency. Yeah. She knows where she yeah. scores. Yeah. Very regular. Yeah. Like one two at least every every week and, and you can't ask for anything more from a winger can you for that no well that's you know that's what they're paid for or not paid for in this case obviously <laughs> but um yeah she, she is she, she's always on the score sheet and one of them players again perhaps even you know for a for, for a player who does score so many a little bit under the radar mm. i know she probably won't be with the teammates and the coaching staff and everything else but yeah it's strange that you say that she does she does seem to be on the score sheet every week and maybe not getting four, five, and six like like Lucy McKeon might be doing, but she scores every single week, and that's that's a fantastic habit to have uh, in that position because that's your job. Uh, so yeah, no, another another great try. It'd be interesting to see the stats actually, see who's who scored what this year. That'd be uh, that'd be something worth looking at. Yeah, I need to update my stats. I haven't done it for a couple of weeks, but next week, Parky, we'll we'll go through then. And then we'll know. Leave it to the well, week you after. Be, might, might wait wait a week, and then we'll, when you come back, then yeah. we'll all go through. Yeah. Give us opportunity for for people to score more tries, so they look good too. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So next try, Lucy McKeown's second try. Uh, Lovely work by Louise Fellingham putting it through the old park in, and we uh, we saw it. And we were both like, "Whoa, where did that go?" Yeah, from? yeah. It was one of the moments where you just. Some some noise comes out and you don't really know where it came from. It was just like whoa, what? Out, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So that's it is. It's one of them tries that if you you know if he's on the Super League show or something like that, they'd be talking about it. It great, great work. I mean, Louise is such a such a clever player. So you know, just knows what what's going on. And and if you're gonna put. We we said it off air. If you're going to put Lucy through a gap, she's probably she's going to score. It's simple as that, you know. Whether it's a, the balance she's got on her feet or, or whether it's just pure pace, but I mean, it was a great 
great play. You know, it's one I, I watch it over and over. It was superb to, to watch. So he's just come through that that gap and then inside and brilliant. And that's at that moment, you know, it's, it's, that's a game clinching score. And to come up with it in that manner, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fair play to to the Lunars. They dug in after that, scored the last the last try of the, of, of the game. Braid break from like forty meters and went round losing McKeown to score and. They were in the mix for a for the championship spot, and now obviously this defeat sort of pushes them out. So it's us and Alton now, I think, in in the mix. Uh, but you know, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, they've got to link up with, with Warrior and Wool, so mm-hmm. they have got a, a, a standard of player that our ladies are going to have to get used to playing if they want to be in the Super League next season. Yeah, in many ways, they've probably done us a favour. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, like they've been good all year, haven't they? They've been a, a, a bit of a threat. I know the game at their place was a, a tight, a tight affair, wasn't it? I think we won it in the last minute, did we, or something? Yeah, remember correctly. And that—that's like you say, they're the battles we're going to be in, and we're going to be playing against players with that quality. I don't agree with the rule, by the way. I think it's ridiculous, but there you go. Uh, that's <laughs> don't not start ranting. Um, <laughs> Breathe, but... Parker. <laughs> You know, it's one of the, it's the rule. That's it. It's fine. They're, they're the rules you play under at the moment. And that's that's the way it is. But mm. I still think they've done us a favour. We've played against some good players this year. And that's what we're going to hopefully be facing every week next year. So, uh, yeah, a, a, you know, a really good result. Another tight affair. But it's, it's, you know, it's all in our girls' hands now, isn't it? We Like you say, it could be down to two. And, well, I think I think we I think what we've seen, we think we, we can edge it. We didn't be good enough, but uh, still a way to go. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to Chris Bates after the game. This is what we had to say. Coach's Corner. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Good win last night to keep us in the hunt for the title. Talk us through it. Yeah, an absolutely brilliant win. And um, I'll give kind of full credit to Warrington, who turned it into a real occasion. So, um they did mention to us before the game actually that they were you know big fans of the, of the podcast and the coverage that that you guys give the women's game and um so you know no doubt that you know the guys and girls at Warrington will kind of hear this but <clears throat> um i thought they made it a real occasion and i thought that they um played very well and 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 really turned it into a bit of a cup final for them i think the, the league position for for Warrington kind of means that they they kind of had to win last night and and gave themselves every chance um which is another kind of new situation for us, isn't it? We we came up against a team that were absolutely desperate to win and played some really quality rugby. And when you look at the way they defended around the the middle core, they they clearly know what they're doing. <clears throat> they clearly worked hard and they clearly have players in there who were who were very capable players. So to come out on top against them was was fantastic. And how many times are we going to talk about how how hard the Salford girls have worked to to allow themselves to be up at that level? Um, and and I think the pleasing thing to be able to say to them afterwards was that you know you came came up against a team that were that were desperate to win that were ultimately you know tier two super league standard now um, and he came out on top and I'll not hide from it we celebrated that in the dressing room afterwards what I think we need to make sure we do is that we push on <clears throat> so that when we come up against teams like that again teams of that quality actually competing with them and 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 winning means that that isn't. A stretch for us, or something we could celebrate. That's that's just the level we're at. Um, so yeah, all in all, a, a really pleasing night. Um, I really kind of pleased with the way we went about it. Um, 
and pleased with the heart that we showed and pleased with the, the strength of character that we showed to not get drawn into some of the stuff that that, that you know lesser teams could have been drawn into. Um, there was certainly a bit of niggle in that and I, I thought we reacted to that really well and I'm, I'm proud of the players for what they showed up. We play again on Sunday against Witness. Did that uh, fixture on Sunday uh, play a part in the team selection slash subs that you used against Warrington? So in terms of using the squad, um, we've a fa- we've a fabulous squad here. We're, we're very lucky. Um, I think we had to make sure that we picked the strongest squad we could last night, and and we had to make sure that we we take this one game at a time. Um, so. Well, we've one eye on witness. <clears throat> Actually, that one eye on witness only lends itself to recovery, um, and making sure that we've got you know a nice bath in the change rooms afterwards that the the girls and Marcel organised between themselves, and making sure that you know we're straight after the game we're talking about you know let's make sure we get our sleep, let's make sure we eat right, let's do everything we can to get over the soreness that comes from playing on the Wednesday night and then backing up on the Sunday. <clears throat> um, so we didn't we didn't leave anybody out with an eye on the witness game. We didn't we didn't change what we think is our our strongest 13 and our game plan based on the witness game but we, we did try and make sure that everything around it we control to to give the squad the best chance to recover um you can't afford to slip up now can you if you're in our shoes so we, we will go as strong as we possibly can every game that we possibly can um to try and make sure that through those 80 minutes we finish that 80 minutes and come away with two points so so no we didn't um we didn't mix anything up really last night for with an eye on the witness game um, nor did we go into that thinking well we can give everything tonight um, and then we'll rest players on Sunday we, we didn't think that either um, What we, we may have to react to how sore we are but we'll, we'll find that out in the next couple of days we didn't, we didn't change anything no Witness on Sunday another home game an opportunity to win and put pressure on Alton I don't think um, Sunday's a chance for us to do anything other than, than put on a, a performance that, that we can be proud of and see if that's good enough to bring us two competition points um, the wider context of this, is, I, I, re- I really believe, is irrelevant. Um, you, you have to be focused relentlessly within on forever trying to get better and forever trying to hit your own your own standards, and then beat them in training the next week. And then, you know, you've pushed that bar up a little bit, and now you're a little bit better than you were the week before, and that gives you a new standard to hit. And and we've done that all season, and that served as well. And and I want us to do no different. Um, there's some different stuff to manage in there with the with the short turnaround and no training between it and and all of that um, and that's and that's fine you know it's another challenge for us to overcome um, but I, I don't buy into the the wider context of it and and I, I reckon if you speak to to all and all Lunas both sides will be saying we want to win every game in front of us well that's no different to what anybody would be saying at the beginning of the season. Um, just because kind of the season's part way through and um you know we're we're up there at the minute doesn't doesn't change any of that. So um I'll be looking for us to do the badge and the shirt and the club proud with with the performance we put on um on Sunday. And if that's good enough to bring us two points, fantastic. Um I back us every day of the week with that if we if we play the way that we we've shown we can through this season. Um but if that isn't good enough and and, and witness a better on the day and we've done ourselves proud, fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, we'll take that and we'll look at how, what we do to, to get better the week after. None of that rhythm changes, you know, just because the season's played out a little bit and some teams are at the top of the league and some teams are at the bottom. So that was Chris Bates talking after the game, Parky, and he was 
sort of really happy uh, mm. with, with the formants that the ladies have put in. Obviously, tough opponents, uh, Warrington Lunas, big fans of the, of the show by, by all accounts as well, because they, they like the way we, we cover rugby league, uh, cover the, the ladies' rugby league, which is great because obviously, you know, we, we are a podcast that, that wants, to sh- wants to give them a platform. So, uh, yeah, uh, big thanks for tuning in, ladies. I'm, I'm lucky you got beat this week, but uh, keep on listening. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, no, well, that's. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, I don't. You know, we, we we do focus on on ourselves, obviously, and on our club and and the things we do. But the ladies' game needs needs the exposure. It needs more, a little bit more support, a little bit more put into it from from the powers that be. I don't mean at our club. I mean just in general of, of rugby league. But it, it is growing. I mean, you can see, like, say, there was a decent turnout there last night by the looks of things and. Everybody at the club is, is fully behind our girls. I'm sure you know each club's got their own, and they, they've all got their own ambition. That's that's, that's good to hear. It's very uh, very encouraging. Yeah, obviously you talked about it being a virtual Super League team, and like we say every week, Parky, from where they've come from to where they are now, they've won the cup. You know that they're on a, they're on for a league and cup double. Let's let's be honest. As long as they hold the nerve and beat Alton, then we're then we're top of the table. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to get too excited again, do we? We were doing that the week one, but the girls were all staying calm and all the coaching staff, and we were going off on one. <laughs> but there's every chance now. What, what I will say as well, last night, Wednesday night, really nice night, but, you know, weather was, was hot. These girls have had work, uni, whatever, all day and, and all week, you know, to, to Wednesday night to go and play a game like that. I mean, there must be some aching bodies again today. You know, they've all gone off to work and do whatever. And that's the difference. We, we tend to forget that, that, you know, in the amateur game and in, in the, you know, the women's game, these people have got lives outside rugby league. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it's that effort on effort again that's, that's fantastic. And it, we, we've just got to give them so much credit. All of them, you know, I mean, and all these ladies who are, who are you know, blazing a trail, not just for us, but th- throughout the game now. So it's, that to expand rugby league, that's what you know. That's what they're doing, and, and hopefully, we'll we'll do greatly in the, in the future. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sure I'm sure Chris was absolutely buzzing last night. He can see he can see it week in week out what what effort goes in and what happens behind the scenes and and the plans that they put down. The girls are obviously listening to and executing. Um, yeah. So fingers crossed. In the next, you know, I'd say month or so, we'll we'll be celebrating again. I, I don't want to get giddy. No, keep t- keep breathing, Parker. That's what I do. Get a brown paper bag every time we get a bit too excited. <laughs> so that's all the chat uh, about the games, and now we'll look and see what's happening in the world of the uh, Red Devils. So, Parker, big game against Huddersfield on Saturday. The club have put out a offer for kids to go free, adults for £10 in the East Stand. Hopefully, big sort of uh, pick-up for that, obviously with all the different promotions that we've had through the season. You're hoping that all them people will be seeing this and go, you know what, I'll go. Well, as I put on was it Twitter the other day, I mean, if, you, if people aren't doing anything on Saturday with the kids, you know, it's summer holidays, you run out of things to do. You know, let's be honest. I can't think of anything better to do at the moment than watch watch Salford. I know I would say that if we were bottom of the league and getting beat every week, but mm. the the entertainment value alone is is fantastic. This game's on Channel Four. You know, the kids will get to see 
people they see on the telly, you know what I mean? The presenters, Helen Skelton and Adam Hills, people like that, perhaps, you know, and it'd be part of the, the whole coverage. That's another, you know, big, big sort of selling point. But for me, the main thing is what's going to happen on the pitch and the club, the club are trying again to get, get people in the stands. I know Huddersfield are supposed to be bringing good numbers. I know we jest quite a bit, but that's that's good to hear. It's not like, you know, Yorkshiremen to be coming when it's virtually free, is it? Uh, <laughs> I'm only teasing if anyone's listening. But uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And I think, again, you can get a few more bums on seats. We, we deserve it. We really do. The lads have been nothing but tremendous all year. The club are trained so hard. And we need, we need people to start coming again. We need people to get behind us. Financially, obviously. But even just the support, the noise for the team. This is a massive game. We can pick up two points coming up in this game against against Huddersfield. Top six is back on. Huddersfield are a very good team, and obviously there's a lot of connections there. So it should be an absolute blinder. So there's no reason why people aren't, aren't getting out and getting down there. The sun will be out. Your kids are in for free. You're paying the 10 spot. Not bad, is it? No. Not bad at all, Parky. That's that's what you're hoping that potential new fans are thinking. And the club hopefully have done their own work. They've got the connections. They'll be spamming them in the old email department to try and get them to, to come to the game. And, and hopefully that East Stand will look pretty full with, with the Channel 4 cameras there. Because obviously it is a national broadcaster and us being on Channel 4 is, is a good thing for everybody, for the club, for the sponsors, for the players, for everyone. Yeah, it always. I mean, it just looks better, doesn't it? I mean, the thing is, in a stadium like that, holds like twelve thousand. I mean, the other week against Saints, you know, there was a, a great crowd there. But one of the stands is shut, and it, if you see that on the TV, you're going to think there's nobody there, even though it's a decent crowd. So it's always better to have bums on seats, and it, it just looks better. I know tonight at, at, at Warrington, they've offered out. I think I don't know if it's free tickets or cheap tickets, and I know they've got quite a bumper crowd against Toulouse. Who, as we know, won't have brought anybody with them. So, but it looks better. It just sounds better. It feels better. So I hope I hope that the club gets some benefit out of this. I do. I hope people do take them up on it. And I think once you've been and you'll have seen this game, you, you, you'd happily be coming again week in, week out. Yeah, Brody Croft. He won try the month with his effort against Saint uh, Helens. What a great try it was, uh, Parky from one end to the. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, um, yeah no, absolute blinder, wasn't it? Super. I mean, Brody's been absolutely just special this you know this season. But it's all the work that went on behind that try, wasn't it? From mm-hmm. Kenny Co. Sarge and then Tim Lafay, uh, brilliant. And then the pace that that Brody showed, he deserved it. You don't see many tries like that. And against the team like Saint Helens, that wasn't just anybody. That's the best team in this country and one you know one of the best probably in the Super League era. And a brilliant try and richly deserved. And I say I think I think Brody deserves all the limelight at the moment because he's been he's been special. Yeah. Final bit of news is the coaching cinema that's taking place next week, 17th of August, where local amateur coaches can meet up with Paul Rowlett and Kurt Haggerty and talk rally ball. Yeah, it'd be interesting to learn how, how you coach that. I'm not really <laughs> sure you can coach it, can you? Uh, you do need the players as well. But no, it'd be, it'd be interesting because I know, obviously, Paul Rowley's got so much experience, player and, and as a coach and a manager. And he's, he's coached uh, he coached over in Canada, didn't he? You know, he's, he's seen he's seen how, how things work in different places and he picked up, you know, many things. So it'd be, 
be good for him to go and spend some time and pick his brains. And I'm sure he's got some great, great tips to pass on. And hopefully a lot of our local coaches will be there and, and they'll take that back to the local clubs and, you know, it'll benefit them in the long run. Yeah. Hopefully, like I say, you'll get a lot of club, uh, coaches down there and feed it back to the players. And I can't remember who we were speaking to. I think it was Chris Bates a couple of weeks ago. He we talked about having that kind of uh, connection with the clubs and, and, and producing the players that the club need and, and want, which is always a good thing. So if you are a coach for one of our local amateur sides, get yourself down there and learn how to play rollerball. And hopefully we'll play rollerball for the next 20 years. Yeah, well, yeah, get it in the DNA. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's let's make make it all the way through. But yeah, we, we need obviously great to offer as much as we can to, to to the amateur clubs as well because without them we don't have a game. It's quite mm-hmm. simple, and and they do a great job. And I think a lot of these coaches, uh, to be fair, a, a lot of amateur coaches you can probably pass on a bit to some professional coaches. If <laughs> some of them that I've seen have been. I mean, like like Chris Bates, like we mentioned, he's obviously got a great depth of knowledge of, of rugby league. You know, and he's at the level he's at. When you listen to him, you sort of go, wow, yeah, that's, you know. That's, so you can imagine how far some of these guys have got at the top of the game. And you go and listen to them. It might be a bit mind-blowing at times. Mm. So that's all the big news. And now, it's obviously Paul's not here this week. So it's going to be Wob's World of Wobby League. <laughs> Soul parking, I'm going to do this a bit different, really, than, than Paul does, because normally does it in his van. But we're going to do this live. So, so we're going to start with the Super League. We're going to start with the results from last week. Hull KR 22, Toulouse 16. Huddersfield 22, Hull FC 16. Wigan 32, Warrington 6. St. Allen's 20, Casper 12. Leeds 34, Salford 14. And Wakefield 16, Catalan 20. What result jumps out at you there? I watched the Super League show and I think Wakefield were very unlucky against the Catalan. <sighs> Obviously, they are in the mix uh, for the relegation. I know Toulouse lost and I know Warrington lost. So it, it, so they're all kind of cancelling each other out at the moment. But it is a, it is a dogfight down there. It is. The thing for Wakefield was though, that Catalan went in with a lot of players missing. Mm. A lot of players. That was their chance, I think, to, to secure their place. And Probably put a bit more um, pressure on Warrington, but they they missed that. And I think I think Wakefield in a bit a bit of bother at the moment. Their their only saving grace for me is probably that Toulouse might not win another game. They might. I mean, they've got Catalan at home and they got Saints last game. Toulouse at home, and if Saints are in the playoffs and safe, we know they do it quite a bit. They do rest players. Catalan would they do their neighbours a favour, keep them in the league? You know, it's it's a risk. I don't I don't believe that 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 would happen. But you know, you're talking to professional players who want to win every week. You know, your coach tells you to go and throw a game. You'd probably throw him. So, but you know, it, it could happen. And uh, Toulouse would be up for it. So, but I watched I watched the old KR game against Toulouse and another game. Toulouse threw it away. They had it they had it in the in the bag. Really, they just they don't seem to know how to finish a game off, how to control a game. They get themselves ahead most weeks. But don't seem to know how to control it, and that's that's going to be their problem, I think. But that, that was I watched that game, and I, I thought they were going to do it for a bit. But it is interesting at the bottom. I'm glad we're not involved. No, glad we'd be watching. <laughs> that's what it's all about. The fixes this week: Warrington are at home to lose, Castleford 
are at home to Catalan. Hulkie are at home to Leeds. That's a big uh, playoff uh, situation cracking on there. We're at home to Huddersfield. Hull FC are at home to St. Ellen's and Wakefield are at home to Wigan, Parker. Yeah, some some really tough games. I mean, Wakefield again there, the Wigan. Wigan are in amazing form and look look very, very dangerous to, to go all the way. Possibly even win the Super League. You, as, a, as a Wakefield fan, you don't want them coming to your ground at the moment. Bellevue obviously is going through renovations, so it's, they've only got, realistically, when you look at it, they've only got possibly two sides of a ground. So it's, it's going to be difficult for them. Warrington to lose, obviously that, that was happening this evening. I don't know the, the outcome, but again, a, a massive a massive game for both teams. So, you know, there's games standing out all along, but for me, I think Channel 4 have done the right thing. They've picked out the game that it means something to everybody, doesn't it? To, to both teams and all them teams around us. You know, I'm sure Catalan are looking at Huddersfield and Cass are looking at them and Leeds and then there's us. Okay, uh, we're all you know we're all in there in, in a bunch at the moment, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it'd be another another good interesting weekend in Super League, and I think this weekend could sort a few things out. Yeah, let's talk Championship. Bradford beat Workington 48-18. Lee beat Barra 52-20. Jewsbury lost at, at home to York 22-10. London beat Newcastle 44 nil away. Uh, Featherstone, who were uh, among the uh, sort of the top teams in the division, they beat Widnes away 20 points to 16. Sheffield at home won 38-26 against Whitehaven and Halifax won at home 34-18 against Batley Parker. Yeah, it's, I mean, it looks like it's all Leeds, doesn't it? Leeds to throw away at the moment. They, I mean, the players they've got in that squad, there's some real, real talent. It doesn't surprise me. And I do, I do feel a bit for Fev because their owners have put some good money into their club, but they can't compete with with what Derek Beaumont's throwing about at the moment. There was a, a couple of couple of really good games in there this week. I know Fed going to to Witness was always going to be tough because they've been in great form Witness recently, and that that turned out to be to be reasonably close. And it, it's, it's good to see Witness competing again. They've had a they've had a torrid time the last couple of years, and obviously we've picked up Cross and Gerard off them, and you know plenty in the past. In, in the last few years alone. Oh, and Tyler Debris, of course. It's good to see him competing again and, and hopefully they can, you know, they can sort of mount a challenge towards the end of the season. Maybe make the playoffs, who knows? Always tough. It's a little bit like football, isn't it? League, the championship. It's, it's probably the worst league to be in, in many ways. Very, very tough. But, and London, big impressive win for them because they've had a horrible time as well. But it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Again, it's one of them that's going to come, come down to uh, one or two, one or two key matches in the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll sort that league out. Yeah, fixtures uh, this week: Sheffield are at home to Halifax, Batley at home to Barra, Featherstone at home to Dewsbury, London at home to Workington, Newcastle are at home to Lee, Whitehaven at home to Witness, and York are at home to Bradford. Yeah, I suppose York and Bradford might be okay. Yeah, Brad- Bradford have been very hit and miss, haven't they? Very surprising. They're going through a lot of. A lot of change, a lot of drama off the pitch, I think. York have been, have been up and down. I expected quite a bit from them this year. When they look at the playing roster, Paulie Paulie being in there and people like that, mm. they've got they've got actually some really decent decent players, certainly for that, that level. And they've got that nice stadium there as well. It'd be a great a great away day for us if we could ever get there. I don't think we've been there for 30 odd years now or something. But I know they could be, could be a decent tie, that. I would fancy York just because 
Bradford just don't seem to get it together at the moment. And but again, on, on Sunday we came through going to Leeds. We the coach had to take a diversion, come off the motorway. We went through Bradford, and there was still a lot of Bradford fans walking about going to their game. Also, it's still very popular there, and you know if they get their stuff together, they they could be a threat again. Yeah, let's talk NRL now, Parky. You're our NRL, NRL expert. Results were Sydney Roosters 34, Brisbane 16, Melbourne Storm 32, Gold Coast 14, Manly Sea Eagles 20, Paramount 36, South Sydney 48, New Zealand Warriors 10, and Canberra 6, Penrith 26, and Cronulla 24, St. George, Earl of Warra 18. What stands out for you there? I think Melbourne. I think they're they're on the march again. They've had they've had, they're another team that's had a couple of slips in the last few, few well th- throughout the season. Really, they've been playing sort of second rate to to Penrith and and uh, North Queensland up there. But Melbourne seems to have just started in the farm a little bit now, and it's coming to the business end of the season. And such a great team, you don't keep them down. Personally, I, you know, I'd like to see Penrith go and do it again this year, but. I think the Storm are just about to hit form, and that's 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 dangerous for everybody. Mm. Fixtures this week: Penrith v Melbourne, uh, New Zealand Warriors v Canterbury, Parramatta Eels v South Sydney Rabbitohs, Sydney Roosters v North Queensland, West Tigers v Cronulla, Brisbane v Newcastle Knights. What fixture stands out for you there? Got to be the the game that was that was today. I've not seen it. The the Penrith Melbourne game, the top. Top teams in the league, but that could be an absolute cracker. There's another one in there. I think. Did you say that? Was it the Rabbitohs? Uh, they playing North Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney Roosters. Be North Queensland. So, yeah, that that would that'll be that'll be quite interesting to see as well. But yeah, when, when you see two massive teams in Australia going head to head, they'll rip into each other. That'll be interesting. I don't know any any results at all, so it's kind of. I don't know, but Penrith have been really, really good the last couple of years. But I think they've picked up a couple of injuries recently, so uh, that could be interesting. But the, the NRL's always fun, always. I know Jacko's out for the Tigers, which is a big blow for them because he's their talisman. And, you know, I mean, we all love him to bits and we all wish him well and getting back on the park as soon as. Yeah, let's look a bit nearer to home now. Uh, Parker, Salford City Roosters were in the Northwest Men's Trophy final last week and won 34-6 against West Bank. Congratulations uh, goes to them from the podcast. Great win and bring the trophy. Didn't say bring the trophy home, but it was they were already at home when they won it. <laughs> yeah, fantastic result. Big big result and all. Big score really. Yeah, fantastic for them to to be picking up more silverware for the for the area as well. You know, we don't have a massive pool of players. And to be going out, you know, and beating teams that, that probably do have more players to pick from, more, you know, it's great. And I know a few of the lads, obviously, that play at the Roosters, and I'm delighted for them. Uh, again, like we said about the ladies before, you know, these, these lads give up their time. They love the sport. That's that's it. They just love playing. They love being part of it. And that's the reward for it. And it's, it's great. And everything that, they, you know, I back all our, our local clubs, but everything that's that the Roosters are doing at the moment is, is really good. And I just want to see more trophies coming this way. Yeah, it was on our league as well. So great exposure uh, for them. Great clubhouse as well. We've, we've been down there to watch the ladies and to watch uh, uh, Salford City Roosters as well. So, you know, it's it's great that, you know, one of our premier clubs have, have gone and won a trophy now and hopefully they'll use it as a building block to bigger and better things. Maybe promotion this year, who knows? 
Yeah, well, hopefully. Just I, I'd just like to see more more players down there. I think that's that's what they need. We mentioned last week, you know, relying on lads who've been playing for 40 years. Uh, they can't carry on like that. But yeah, no, really good, really good news story that. And I don't know, one of the tries was actually highlighted on on try of the try of the week. Now that's some that's some effort. So uh, yeah, no, well done to to the lads down there and and you know everybody who works at the club. It's a great reward for them. Yeah, other fixtures: Folly are at home to Berry Broncos, Wigan Springview are at home to Salford City Roosters, and Langwith Reds are at home to Clockface Miners. So three of our local, well, Folly and Berry Broncos is a local derby, really. Yeah, but yeah, it could be interesting. And the the Langwith Reds one. Is that what day is that on? Do, you, do we do we know? Is that Saturday or Sunday? They normally play Saturday, don't they? Exactly. That's a bit of a, a bit tricky with the, the game, the, the, mm. the Salford Huddersfield game as well, isn't it? With the weather being good this weekend, I wouldn't mind going. It's only it's only up the road from me. I wouldn't mind going watching that. Yeah. But, uh, I think I'll probably be at the AJ Bell. So <laughs> it might change. Check the pre- check local press or Twitter <laughs> for uh, more up to date. Uh, but that's uh, that's all our look at the, what's going on in the world of rugby league and now we'll see what's happening uh, with uh, the men's the women's and the learning disabilities team this week it's time for the devil of the details with the Learning Disabilities team there in a festival at Parker this week in Bradford, facing Castleford, Wigan and Leeds on Saturday morning. Opportunity for, for them lads to, to go out and express themselves and play rugby. Yeah, I love, I love this. I love the fact that they get so many of these, these tournaments organised. It's, it's really good. I mean, because I... I I know we've we've had a few. I mean, they, they seem, but they seem to go in every week now, and it's it's good. I mean, it's a shame they've got to travel over to to, to Yorkshire to to get involved in this one. But no, you know, move it about, obviously. But uh, no, it's good. It'd be great to get it back at one back at the AJ Bell, wouldn't it? And have another day like that and get get everybody down. It looked really good that day, and uh, again, the you know the people doing the work behind the scenes with these these guys, you know, going out of the way to to do this, fantastic. And uh, yeah, it should be fun going over to the city of culture. I guess, isn't it now, Bradford? Um, interesting, but yeah, no, it should be a good day. And again, you know, the weather will be be nice. And the thing that I got out of that when I when I saw them was it was the atmosphere mm. between all the players and the teams. It was just so full of life, so much fun. And you know, I think that's the idea behind it, isn't it? You know, as much as we all love the sport, we all want our teams to win. Just enjoy it. Yeah, starts at 10 o'clock. So if you do find yourselves on that side of the Pennines, pop down and give the, give the lads some support. Ladies are at home to witness on Sunday on the community pitch, 1pm kickoff after Wednesday's win against Warrington. Confidence will be high. Yeah, and witness, as we know, is one of the teams that a lot of our girls have have represented in the past and moved from obviously Denby being being one of them and so it means a lot to them to, to come up against your old teammates again. So yeah, and it, another chance. I mean, backing it up, you know, Wednesday in that heat to, to Sunday in that heat again. As I've said before, work and everything else in between. So it's a lot of effort, a lot of effort, and they'll have trained 
I, I suppose they've had to have, you know, sort of wind down and everything else. Yeah, well, good luck to the to, to the ladies this week. Keep it going. And let's see if we go to the end of the year now without, without dropping any more points. Yeah, the title race is on. Alton are away at Stanningley. And from what I remember, Stanningley was a bit of a tough ground for our ladies. I think we we, blew, mm-hmm. we think we run them, run them out, I think it was something like 44-4 at the end. But it was a tough place to go. I think Chris Bates said it was tough on the field and tough off the field. So I think to quote someone like Kevin Keegan, Alton's got to go to Stanley and get something. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, to to, uh, to to the Leeds suburbs, that isn't it, Stanley? Yeah. Well, we we I mean we can hope that they lose, but the the main thing is that we just keep winning. We keep winning. People can't do anything about it, and that's the way. And I think the way the girls play and the confidence they play with, and and as I said before, watching them highlights from last night, I, I don't think we have to we have to fear anyone. Just go through it and just keep doing what we're doing, and we'll be we'll be fine. Yeah. Let's talk about the men now. They're at home to Huddersfield, Channel 4, 1pm kickoff at the AJ Bell. Parker, the return of Ian Watson again. Yeah, yeah, it gets in the way, doesn't it? Ian Watson, Theo Farge, Josh Jones, Apes, Lola Hayer. Is anybody, somebody else I've missed, I'm sure. They've got about 17 of our players. <laughs> it's the way it is. Players move on. They've been offered contracts and everything, and that's what... It make it a little bit sweeter for us as fans. I don't know if the players are that, you know, take it in in that way. Um, but it'd be a great, should be a great game. Two teams in decent form, contrasting styles, I would say. Mm. I think Huddersfield are very sort of solid, structured kind of. I'm not saying we're not structured, by the way. If, if Ryan Brady, <laughs> I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But they're, they're, you know, they're, they're very. Ian Watson's always very process driven. In what he did, we, even with us, you know, he knew how we could play and what, what the way to win games, and he's been very successful with it. Let's, you know, let's not say any anything else. But I think it'd be an absolutely tremendous game. I think our boys can take a lot out of last Sunday and the weeks before. We we know what what we've seen. We know how good we've been. And there's some, you know, some good sort of, uh, clashes, especially in, in the back line. I think that'd be quite quite interesting to see but uh, yeah I'm looking forward to it Ian, what the Ian Watson thing does I suppose spice things up for many people and, and maybe the odd player might you know but for that 80 minutes on the park it doesn't matter who's who you know it's about going at each other and you know knocking 10 sorts out of each other so uh, yeah it should be a belter Channel 4 look like they picked the right one we've I think we've had the best game on Channel 4 this year when we were away at Wigan What you know that was an amazing game of rugby league so hopefully we can back that up but this time, come out with the points and, and have the whole nation talking about us again. You'll be alone, Parky, in the house. You'll go into your kitchen window and Ryan Brown will just rise up like that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> it's not structured. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> um, obviously, talking about Huddersfield, you know, very difficult team to play defensively. They, they kind of squeeze teams and yeah. we, we failed to do it away from home. Magic Weekend was a similar kind of problem. I don't think our pit, I think our, I think I looked this up. I think our pitch is about four meters lo- wider, so it might give us a bit more space. Yeah, that's what I was saying before about Headingley. I thought that would have suited us. We do like that kind of that kind of play. What will have, have them organised? They'll know what we can do. We'll have watched all our videos, and and when you say you know we can't defend against that, you, you can defend against 
you know most things. So yeah, I, I think I think the two styles will be interesting to see. I'm not saying Huddersfield can't play not off the cuff rugby because uh, that's what it isn't. If that makes sense. But it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think the the, the conditions and, and everything else. The, the thing that does catches and it has caused a couple of times this year and again also he's starting slow mm. and this game being at a different time of the day again I know it is for them I'm not making excuses but we seem to struggle a little bit and we've got to get straight into it from the off like we did against Saints and if we do that we'll be in a great position I don't know what that's about that slow start but we can't afford it because Huddersfield won't give us the chances Leeds did that's that's guarantee where the ball sticks or not. They'll, they'll be a very much tougher team to break down. Uh, Luke Yates, you know, a great sort of workhorse. He'll have the pack organised. He's constantly going forward and the, you know and, and tying that defence together. I think it's yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting clash of styles. But again, I think it, the work rate of both teams is going to have to be so so high. But yeah, it'd be a it'd be a belter. Prediction time, Parker. Oh. Yeah, this is the one thing I hadn't thought of. Have you not? Strangely enough. Well, I was half expecting Paul to but, send in a, a postcard with his on, but never came. Yeah, but on the other prediction league that I do do, I have gone one. What have we gone with? Yeah, OK, I'll go with that. 22-14. Yeah. Is there a story behind that? Yeah, Dion Cross scores late on and... Uh, Baby converts it and we get a penalty in the last minute just to nail the game. Super stuff. Have you got to tell our, uh, remind our listeners what your prediction league status is? Yeah, currently still top for anybody interested. Uh, I'm, I'm currently 80 points clear, so I think I've done all right this year. Mm. But next week will be a tough test because I'll be I'll be in Italy and I'm not sure I'll ever get the oh. predictions in. So that's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, no, I've been doing all right. So I just I want to get one of these right this season. <laughs> I want to get you to pay for my tea. <laughs> I think uh, you'd be sending telegrams, you know, to, to, to get your to get your results. And you can't miss a week. Eight, what's eighty points, Parky? What's the the normal average sort of gain? It's usually about sixty-seven. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but it can, it can be it can be as low as forty odd, depending on what kind of week people have. And I, you know, I know it's a tough one this week. So, but yeah. This, this is the most important one for Hernando's. Mm, this is the moment. This is the moment. So, I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go Salford 30. Huddersfield 6. And I'm going to well, go Brody Croft hat-trick. Well, there'd be no complaints with mm-hmm. that. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be tough. I really do. Huddersfield are a solid team. Tough to tough to break down, I think. But if if we put in a, a performance anything like we did against Saints and, and Catalan, uh, we've nothing to fear. So you, your scoreline could be spot. Yeah. So that's the end of this uh, this podcast, Parky. Another great show. Yeah, yeah. It seems strange. We've had so much company over the last few weeks, and it's just the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had someone from the ladies' team every week, and obviously Paul's been here. Yeah, seems a bit. We seem a bit lonely tonight, don't mm. we? It's, just, it's so sad, but yeah, really enjoyed it. It's been uh, it's been enough to talk about, haven't they? Fortunately, yeah, loads going on. Big thanks for tuning in. Big thanks for you know supporting us with with the Kofi. Don't forget if you buy me parking. 
parlor coffee. It all goes back into the, the system, pays for equipment, pays for programs, and uh, it helps us create better content for you to enjoy. So big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon. 